The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Friday the 23rd of February, I'm Tim Spears and on today's show... Liverpool and Chelsea face off at Wembley. Of course, Liverpool do have that psychological advantage of the last time the clubs met. Talent-wise, I don't see why they can't make this an interesting game. A grudge match for Arsenal. I think what happened at St James's Park earlier on this season has a place in the psyche of this team. And can Bayern Munich win a football match? I don't think anybody heading to the Alliance Arena on Saturday night knows what to expect. And, you know, in football, that's often the best way. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. We'll look ahead to the weekend's big games in England and Europe shortly, but first we'll catch you up on last night's action. All drama led to Rome in the Europa League playoffs where, after two legs which both finished 1-1, Roma's Europa League playoff with Feyenoord went to penalties. And despite Romelu Lukaku flunking his pen, Daniele De Rossi's Roma went through 4-2. Zalewski, the Polish international, the former Roma junior. Brilliantly done. Roma have done it. There were also wins for Benfica, who beat Toulouse, and Marseille, who overcame Shakhtar Donetsk. AC Milan went through despite losing 3-2 away at Rennes. In the Conference League, the standout result was Ajax's dramatic victory away at Bodo Glimt. The first leg in Amsterdam had finished 2-2 and it was one all into extra time in Norway before Kenneth Taylor scored the winner in the 114th minute. Hill towards the edge of the six-yard boxes. Come out here for Taylor to curl back in. Oh, and he's gone in! In front of the Ajax support! The draws for the last 16 of the Europa League and Conference League take place at around lunchtime today with Liverpool, West Ham, Brighton and Aston Villa all in the hats. A court in Spain yesterday sentenced former Barcelona and Brazil fullback Dani Alves to four and a half years in prison for sexual assault. The incident took place in a Barcelona nightclub in December 2022 when it was alleged Alves had sexually assaulted a 23-year-old woman. Alves changed his account of the incident during the investigation, admitting he initially gave false information in an attempt to preserve his marriage. Lea Saavedra Herrera was in court for The Athletic. It was the first trial after the solo CSC, only yes is yes, law uh, was established. The former player was not in the courtroom where his conviction was announced. He was in the dungeons of the court accompanied by, by his lawyer. The victim lawyer said she was happy that her client had been given the reason, but said that they should study whether the sentence was as serious as the facts were. In other news yesterday, former England and Manchester City goalkeeper Joe Hart, now at Celtic, has announced he's retiring at the end of the season. And going in the other direction, i.e. coming out of retirement, is Real Madrid midfielder Tony Cruz, who after three years away from international football has been persuaded by Germany coach Julian Nagelsmann to return to the squad for their home Euros this summer. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. To the weekend now and the first domestic final of the English football season. It's Chelsea v Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final at Wembley. We'll start in the red corner. Liverpool, despite a host of injury problems, are pretty strong favourites to win the first of what they hope will be a number of trophies this season to end Jurgen Klopp's Anfield reign in style. I asked our Liverpool man James Pearce how Klopp's injury ravaged squad are shaping up ahead of Sunday. 
Well, it certainly is a depleted Liverpool squad that will be heading to Wembley on Sunday. Certainly no no Alisson, no Alexander-Arnold, no Matip, no Zabozlai, Thiago, Curtis Jones, Besetic, Ben Doak, Jota. You know, there's, there's nine members of the senior squad for starters. And then, of course, they're waiting on Salah and Darwin Nunes. So, um, yeah, far from ideal in terms of the circumstances. But, you know, Jurgen Klopp has been absolutely banging the drum that, you know, they, they can't look for excuses. And I think that was why he was so absolutely buoyant um, after the midweek victory over Luton Town when he you know, even compared it to that iconic Champions League semi-final victory over Barcelona. That same resilience and that same uh, grit and determination comes to the fore, then uh, you know, I think that's all that Klopp can ask for. Pretty peculiar recent record be Chelsea James. Lots of draws, including the 2002 FA Cup and Carabao Cup finals, which of course both went to penalties. Did Liverpool fear what Chelsea could do here? Well, of course, Liverpool were emphatic 4-1 victors when the clubs last met at Anfield last month. But yeah, before that, it had been, you know, especially if you include the two domestic cup finals two years ago um, that both went the distance and went to penalties, it had been seven successive draws between the clubs in terms of uh, how the game's finished over either normal time or or extra time included. They, they have been really tight affairs, yet I wouldn't describe them as particularly cagey. Anyone who remembers those two domestic cup finals two years ago will will remember that you know certainly the League Cup final could easily have been 3-all or 4-4 four, four with the number of chances the two clubs generated. Of course, that, that League Cup final when you know, Mendy arguably produced one of the performances of his career um, to keep Liverpool at bay. Similarly, Kelleher made some big saves for Liverpool. Yeah, these, these two teams have had a habit of kind of cancelling each other out a, a lot in recent years, but of course, Liverpool do have that psychological advantage of having swept Chelsea aside with a fair bit of ease the last time the clubs met. James, is there already a sense of Klopp leaving having a bearing on these big games? I mean, this this could be the last trophy he wins at Liverpool? Well, I interviewed Wataro Endo after the uh, midweek victory over Luton and it is, it is certainly a big topic of conversation, you know, not only amongst supporters, but amongst the players as well. It is a source of, of added motivation. You know, the Japan international was talking about how it really has galvanised the, the dressing room. He he talked about his shock. It just provides that added focus, I think, of of just knowing that this could be the you know the last real showpiece occasion of the Klopp era. I think everyone hopes it won't be. Of course, with Liverpool still competing on four fronts, they've got so much to go at. But yeah, you you have to cash in. You have to take advantage of these opportunities because they don't come along too often. And um, yeah, that. That means the stakes are high at Wembley on Sunday. And I think certainly speaking to the players and staff this week, there's a sense that if if they can get over the line, then it can it can help be a real springboard for the rest of the season. In the blue corner, it's Chelsea, whose recent improved form has seen them win at Aston Villa and claim a point away at Manchester City last weekend. But can Mauricio Pochettino upset the odds and claim his first trophy in English football? Speaking on the latest episode of the Straight Out of Cobham podcast, here's Chelsea writer Liam Toomey. I think that game existed in a very particular context. It was a couple of days after Jurgen Klopp had announced he was leaving. There was this swell of emotion at Anfield, which can be a very emotional place. And Klopp and his team are exceptionally good at harnessing that emotion and just creating 
a real whirlwind intensity. That's that's what came through that night and it overwhelmed Chelsea. It can overwhelm a lot of teams. What I would say is I think it's a lot harder for Liverpool to do that at Wembley when they've only got half the stadium in red. And I think we've we've seen in the in the two cup finals against Liverpool in, in the Tuchel season, it was more of an ebb and flow. There were moments when Liverpool were able to do that, but it was only for stretches of the game. And then at other times of the game, Chelsea were able to really impose themselves. Now, this is a completely different Chelsea team and we don't know how so many young players are going to react to a showpiece occasion, a final, and the pressure of that and the the stakes of that. But talent-wise, I don't see why they can't make this an interesting game, given the way they've been performing recently and given the fact that maybe for the first time this season, Chelsea will be the less injured team, it seems, (laughs) than their opponents. It's a 3pm kickoff on Sunday at Wembley and you can watch it on Sky Sports in the UK or ESPN Plus in the US. With Liverpool not playing in the Premier League this weekend, Arsenal and Manchester City will look to close the gap to the leaders. City are away at Bournemouth on Saturday at 5.30pm. Following that, on Saturday night, Arsenal take on Newcastle at the Emirates. And as Amy Lawrence explained on our Arsenal podcast Handbrake Off, this is a bit of a grudge match after Newcastle controversially beat the Gunners with the help of VAR earlier this season. Something tells me that Arsenal are going to be quite fired up for this. I think that the, um, never mind the, the, the last home game and the nil-nil, I think what happened at St James's Park earlier on this season has a place in the psyche of this team. And I think that there's a sort of vibe, they don't just want to win the game, they want to meet something out a little bit to give a little bit of uh, pain back if they possibly can. So I have a feeling that Arsenal are going to be, um, so, so long as this uh, Champions League game hasn't sort of taken too much out of them energy-wise, they'll be uh, highly motivated. Across Europe, there'll be an emotional return to the Bernabeu for Sergio Ramos when Sevilla take on Real Madrid on Sunday night. Ramos has already said he won't celebrate if he scores. Yawn. And in Germany, Bayern Munich will look to end a disastrous run of three straight defeats in all competitions when they host RB Leipzig, a team they've yet to beat this season after a defeat in the Super Cup and a draw in the Bundesliga. Here's our German football expert, Seb Stafford-Bloor. After the week that Bayern Munich have had, I don't think there's really any way of knowing what kind of face they'll show on Saturday. According to the German media, Thomas Tuchel has split the Bayern dressing room down the middle. In fact, there were German tabloids running lists of players who are supportive of the decision to remove the coach or to see him removed at the end of the season. It's groups of players who would prefer that he stayed. Uh, somehow, out of that fractured dressing room and from a context in which you know, a lot of these players understand that they're now under kind of caretaker charge. Substitute teacher is in. He's got to pick a team that will face a, a side who, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the season, to Harry Kane's debut, to, to the German Super Cup, Abby Leipzig were, were so, so impressive against Bayern and transitioned them really so, so well. And, and really, uh, beyond just ruining Harry Kane's debut, you know, make people wonder about Bayern Munich and, you know, expose some vulnerabilities, which interestingly have never really gone away. No matter, you know, as the weeks have gone by, Bayern really have retained the same issues. They they still look weak um, through the middle of the pitch. There's still a real lack of chemistry in midfield. Still not quite certain what the optimal combination of defenders is either. Question marks around Manuel Neuer. 
so it's, it's really hard to know what to expect. Really fascinating. I don't think anybody heading to the Alliance Arena on Saturday night knows what to expect. And, you know, in football, that's often the best way. Cheers, Seb. Right, that's all for today's Daily Football Briefing. I've been Tim Spears. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. I'll be back with you on Monday. In the meantime, whatever you're up to, have a lovely weekend. The Athletic.